a less mythological take on Noah's Ark or something where it's like load mm-hmm. everything on the ship and the ships get there and it's like yeah only like three things survive like, like, <laughs> right. the whole boat though like yeah we weren't ready for the boat yeah, most of it ate they ate the rest of it <laughs> <laughs> right yeah exactly exactly welcome to pick up your sticks where we talk about why gaming matters with your host Walker Near and Brett Lindley I'm Walker and this week we talk about the wonderfully unique and fun Horizon Zero Dawn if you'd like to support Pick Up Your Sticks, you can always buy us a cup of coffee at our Ko-Fi page, which is ko-fi slash pod. As always, joined by my glorious co-host, Brett Lindley. Brett, how are you doing today? It's a delicious. I love, I like, <laughs> I feel, I feel really honored. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I, I feel glorious now. You should. I may yeah. not have earlier. <laughs> yeah, earlier today, not a good no, look. There's no glory. There's no. no glory. No, a lot of now rain. all the glory. <laughs> so uh, yeah. it's been a minute since we've had one of these conversations, but let me ask, what's got you picking up your sticks? Woo, uh, a lot because <laughs> it's been a minute. <laughs> but I have uh, played through and completed a game and mm. it's dlc wow so and i finished horizon zero dawn hey nice yeah that had been on your radar for a long time i mean even well, before yeah, it was like, available on pc yeah, like five years at least right. like <laughs> yeah like the ps4 was released and i was like "Ooh, that looks pretty <laughs> yeah yeah uh so i actually have also played it uh, i i of course have not finished it or <laughs> the dlc um, I think the version of it I got came with the DLC, so I do own it. Yeah, but yeah, I didn't didn't make it there. Uh, but yeah, so what was what was the experience like? How long did it take you to get through it? Um, that's a really good question. I don't know that I tracked my time. I think that another one of those games that probably stayed on overnight at least once. So. Yeah, know. that's fair. I just mean, were you playing it? Over I think the course of like a week or yeah, it was probably it was probably about no, it's probably about anywhere from two to maybe three weeks. I think I, I pushed, this is a while back. So some of the details are a bit fuzzy, but, uh, I think I pushed hard to make sure that I completed it before I went on vacation. Oh, okay. Um, that was when, like yeah. early August or something. Yeah. So it was like, actually it was like mid July, <laughs> okay. yep. but, but I remember like, it, it, so probably early July is when I picked it up, uh, late June, early July. And then, made sure like had to make sure that i stopped doing side quests yes so that's where that's where i ran into problems and honestly after talking to you a little bit about your experience with the game ahead of you know just when you were playing through it it just dawned on me that that is just the problem that i have with most open world games is that i over and over again go do side quests or whatever non-story driving content and i i just ultimately eventually what will happen is i get my fill and then i'm like yeah i'm kind of good on this like i don't really care (laughs) anymore i i very much so had to force myself to think from the hero's perspective Mm. So I had to tell myself like in the beginning there's a cause like there's nothing huge going on. So 
kind of like, yeah, I will do some side quests. I'll pick up a couple things here and there as I'm exploring. And then as the game progressed, the more tense things got, the more important things got, the less I focused on side quests and the more I focused on. There's a, there's a couple of primary quests. Like, so the primary quest line is like the main storyline. And then there's a couple of like sub storylines that are considered primary quests, but you don't have to complete them. And then everything else was secondary. So like when the world is obviously ending on a timetable and I'm the only one that can stop it. If Poboy's cousin is lost in the woods. Yeah. I'm sorry, dude. Mm. Your life is like this is the trolley question and I'm not going to go save the life of one and let the whole planet burn. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 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 I, this is a completely non-game related, but have you ever seen the show The Good Place? No. The premise is basically like people die, go to what they think is heaven. It turns out, well, initially they think they're in heaven and the main character thinks that she has like snuck her way in. Basically, like they've made a mistake and let her in. Right. But then it turns out that it's actually a giant ruse and that it's actually hell and that it's, they're actually supposed to torture each other psychologically by being insufferable to one uh. another, <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, sorry for spoiling a good place for anyone. <laughs> right. It's been out for years. It's kind of okay. like Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, we're going to be spoiling Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, no. It's, um, <laughs> anyway, the only reason I bring this up is because in that, one of the characters is an ethics professor. Mm -hmm. And so he brings up the trolley question mm. and <laughs> the guy who's like actually the demon in charge, who they think is the person running heaven at first. Right. Uh, puts him on a train and just has him over and over again, <laughs> run over people trying, because he's like, I don't think that premise is real. And he's like, no, it's a classic question, you know? And he's like, all right, well, let's find out and puts him on a trolley. And yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a lot. And this wow. is like a network TV show. It's not like this is HBO. Good uh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. I just have. Yeah, I feel like I have more. I was wondering why the trolley problem got such a response from you. Right. Yeah, it's because I just I just watched people talking about picking body parts off of their face. Yeah, right. After getting <laughs> this people is not invincible. Like... Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, not a cartoon either. So. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, <laughs> so yeah, and, uh, <laughs> with that side quest out of the way, yeah, there you but... go. see, see, even my conversations, I can't stick to the main story. <laughs> <laughs> We're here six minutes. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Just off on a side quest. Right. We haven't gotten through the tutorial yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, for so for me, what happened was like. Like, for example, they have the hunting grounds that have. Wait, so I think let's let's rewind a little bit. There might okay. be like, like a couple of people that don't like a really high level overview of what this game even is. Oh, right. Good idea. Like, yeah, it's like a third person perspective uh, adventure fighting. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Like adventure kind of. I, I hate to call it a role playing game. Because that that genre is too wide now, but I'm not really sure. It's not like it has it has progression mechanics where you you right. have a, a talent you level that you spec through, and right you level you get the gear has stats on it that gets better, but it's not RP in the sense that you have any real agency over the way the character interacts. Right. With the you world can or... there's a few places where you get like three dialogue options, but they don't change too much about the game. I mean, it turns out the game franchise that staked its 
whole fortune on that is Mass Effect, and that didn't change a lot right. either. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I will say that it looks amazing. Like visually, it is one of the the most striking things I've seen because, as you said, it's it's this third person kind of action adventure thing. I mean, I, I would say Assassin's Creed. It doesn't play necessarily like Assassin's Creed, no. but it does in the sense that you're running around in this big open world. I mean, Shadow of Mordor, it yeah. has similarities to that. Even I mean, you really, you could even tie in the Batman, like Batman Arkham City. Yeah. Again, aesthetically very different, but you're running around. It's an open world. There's objectives. Far Cry Primal, same mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, you can climb stuff. So, you, you know you're not limited to just whatever the, the predetermined path is, if you will. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. And you're fighting these enormous robot, not just dinosaurs. I mean, it starts out and they're like robot, like antelope and yeah, like deer and right. maybe some cheetahs or something like, yeah, but yeah, all robots, but it is very much so hearkening to like a far cry primal. It very much so like low technology, bow and arrow spear and your wits versus robot dinosaurs. Yeah, although it, it, it so it's interesting because it's at the very beginning of the game. I thought I thought the beginning of the game was going to be the game where you're running around and it is all mm-hmm. primitive or whatever. But pretty early, the you go to the ceremony to like become part of the tribe or whatever, and then it gets attacked and it's revealed very quickly that there's actually this entire rest of the world that exists that is far more right. technologically advanced, at least I think by choice than your tribe is because your tribe is kind of rejected technology. Right. To, to an extent. I mean, there's, there's only a certain cap to where that goes. All of the tribes mm-hmm. have, the, I mean, it does open up. Yes. And like your tribe is small compared to like the big city in the game, but the big city yes. is not super advanced. They're just a little bit. They still have like, they have like have a giant elevator, but it's manned by like weights and chains. Well, I guess what I mean, well, like I think really the moment that that surprised me so much was in in that opening part where again you go to that ceremony in your village or whatever, and they just show up with chain guns and yeah, there's dude with a, there's like, dude with a gun. Oh, yeah. there's guns in this world. I thought right. that was all out. You know what I mean? So, yeah. but you're right. I mean, even even and I didn't beat it, but I got into the like mid level twenties, so I played it quite a bit still. And as far as I can tell, I mean, your your weapons, you don't ever get a gun. Like, you get some bomb-type things. You yeah. get, like, traps that set, like, a trip wire. And if they trip it, then then it'll create an explosion. So a lot of explosion-type stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, bow and arrow is primarily your only... There's way weapon. later you can get, like, a staff. I'm not even sure if that, that is DLC or if that's main game. I think that's main game. You can get one of the spears can shoot. Like or a staff that can shoot electricity, kind of thing. Oh, okay. More like a and there's a there's a frost one in the DLC too, but that's more like a flamethrower, kind of like mid range. Right. Um, and then the very end of the game, there's a, like a cannon, but it's mostly like a mini game sort of thing. Mm. It's only usable in very specific spots because it has to like vacuum up ammo. Um, uh. and then any other weapon, like any other gun weapons, you get from taking them off of a monster and they have like limited ammo and they're yes really yes so. i did use some one of those but you don't get like a pistol and a machine gun or anything right like right yeah you're not john wick at some point right uh, 
But yeah, so Aloy, which is the main character's name, uh, I'm, if, uh, now I might just be wrong, but I'm pretty sure voiced by Ashley Birch. Oh, really? I didn't even think about that. I'm pretty sure that's true. I'm so terrible I'm when it comes to right like, now. That <laughs> that would make a lot of sense. I believe that would that that fits. Yep. 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 Okay. That's, that's awesome. Yep. yep. That yep. fit. The, suddenly, when you said that, I was like, "Oh, that does sound right." Mm-hmm. Yep. Which Ashley Birch, for anyone who's not familiar, I mean, I don't know how um, relevant she is in like social media and stuff these days. Literally a decade ago, um, she had a a running web series that really kind of predated. I don't know if it predated YouTube, but I found it on GameTrailers.com. So it was right. before YouTube was. It was before vlogs. YouTube. Yes. Uh, but it was called, Hey, Ash, what you playing? And they're like two to three minute shorts that are pretty hilarious. I mean, they're really weird and absurd. Yeah, And it does end up having this like through storyline that starts like they because it starts with like normal jokes and then it starts with self-referential humor but then it builds from that. It, like the inside jokes just become the storyline. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, so she's also like, she's Tiny Tina mm-hmm. in Borderlands 2 and probably 3, although Tiny Tina's not in 3 nearly much. as much. No. Um, and then her, her brother is Anthony Birch, and he is the lead writer for Borderlands 2, which, yep. in my opinion, is the best writing oh, yeah. of the Borderlands series. Um, but anyway, yeah, just cool to see her still you know in the mix if you will um and I, I don't know if the new horizon whatever it's called horizon path to the west or i don't remember right. what it's called if that's gonna keep her i don't know if yeah if aloy is still the main character i mean right. you beat it does it end I, in so, a way where that's possible yeah yeah i think aloy okay. is still i don't know if she's gonna be the main playable character i know there was an uproar a while ago that like they added a lot of weight to her and like beefed her up a lot, but it's only supposed to be like six months later or something. Mm-hmm. I don't really care about that. I mean, it's whatever. I don't feel like she was overly sexualized in no the, in Horizon Zero Dawn. So I don't know what they're trying to placate to there, but I also don't really care. It's kind of whatever. I thought she was yeah. a really awesome main character to have in a game. Like, I, th- I think that it was a very good portrayal of, of an adventurous female lead role. And there's like not a bunch of weird love story stuff or anything like that. She's just a the same way that you would see it, like very much, in my opinion, reminiscent of like if Samus Aran was voiced. It, right. Like kind of a kind of a, that kind of character. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I mean, I well, I think really what it is, is that. It, ultimately, the goal with with bringing you know diversity into whether it be gaming or anything is for it to just be the character it's it doesn't matter that it's male or female right so and i think it accomplishes that very well where at no point is it hanging on the fact that she's a woman and that right and that now drives the story forward because simply because of you know her femininity or whatever um yeah no i agree good main character um and again i i really i almost feel i almost feel guilty that i didn't want to 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 continue playing it enough to finish it because i do think it's a cool game yeah again the side quest stuff just i think really for me what it is because because we had mentioned kind of briefly in our side conversations about it you were worried about being like over leveled and in my opinion like leveling really doesn't change too much about the gameplay i would say that the combat becomes boring 
far before leveling has any impact on combat really well so that's what i was going to say so you know there's there's all these there's main quests there's side story quests but then there's also a la ubisoft games right just a ton of little side activities to do that aren't necessarily quests areas and hunting grounds and things the hunting grounds are finding little like the there's like coffee cups or something Mm -hmm. that you can find and there's sets of those and all of it's marked on the map right so that's the that's the other thing and like at some point you can buy like treasure maps effectively that add those tokens to the map everything right oh yeah so i did that just because whatever i saw it as an option was like yeah i'll buy those that's fine and and then what happens is it's like well if i go do like the hunting grounds for example if you get like gold stars or whatever it is right if you max you know maximally complete all three of the the complete the hunting grounds there's like i think three trials at a hunting ground mm-hmm. you unlock like a, a skill point or something right like that and it wasn't that i thought that the skill points were ne- honestly what i wanted the skill points for was to to level up stuff like when you gather you have a chance to double harvest resources and all of that kind of stuff so i did that first but then i'm like somewhat far into the game and i don't have the ability to jump off a ledge and attack someone like as a move because you have to unlock that right so then i was stuck in this cycle of feeling like well i want to have the ability to, to do those things so now i'll go do more side quests and Eventually. I think that actually, I think in in both ways, the skill tree and the weapon tiers, because mm-hmm. you can get as you progress through certain areas of the game, certain traders will have better versions of mm-hmm. these weapons. I think all of that is garbage. And I think that it's added to the game to because it needs more game in it. Mm-hmm. And I, I like I don't know what a better solution to that would be, but I agree. I think that I, I was always very frustrated because especially as you get going, I, I think I by the time I was done with the DLC, I almost had every single skill unlocked. Mm-hmm. But the order in which I did them, one did not have a huge impact on gameplay. It's not like there was a stealth tree versus like there's a little bit of like the, they're like a melee combat tree versus a scavenging tree kind of. Yeah. But all of that felt very much so like there's a difference between skills that make you feel like your character is getting better at things and points where it feels like they just took a bunch of stuff out of the game and hit it behind a skill tree. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, like the unnecessary like restriction on like, okay, you're going to harvest this creature and, it's going to give you X amount of resources unless you spec into this. And now you can get double resources. But as you just said, there's also no limitation on how many skill points you get. So it does incentivize me at least to then just pursue trying to unlock everything. Cause I, I can, yeah. whereas if it was like, look, the level cap is 20, you get 10 skill points. So if you want to invest in extra scavenging, go for it, but you're sacrificing something else. Now it's a real choice, mm-hmm. whereas as it's presented, you know, in this game, it's not it doesn't really need to be a choice. You can kind of yeah, just it, do what you want. I, I kind of hate the it takes more than one skill point to unlock something, too, because <laughs> that also burns through like your first. Yeah, your first skill point can go into anything. 
but every level two skill takes two skill points and every level three skill takes three skill points and four takes five or whatever. And I just feel like having that artificial inflation, like it, it drives even more because it's like getting a level after if you have unlocked all of the one point skill things, which I don't know, there's like half a dozen of them or so, then getting a level is has no reward because there's no you're not getting stat points. So you're not upgrading strength or decks or getting small advancements in between those things. It's just skill points. And that means that, you know, at a certain point, you're just racking these things up and don't get to do anything with them and then have to go grind another X amount of experience out to get another level just to get the one skill that you wanted. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree with that completely. I mean, honestly, what it kind of makes me think of is... And I don't know if it works because it's not this, quite the same type of gameplay, um, but something like Bayonetta or Ninja Gaiden or Devil May Cry has some mild upgrade mechanics. Like maybe your weapon can go from like one star to two star to three star or something, but that's it. Otherwise, there's not you're not choosing skills or talents or anything. Those games are also a lot more linear, certainly, but I almost wonder if something like this would be more fun in that way, where if you want to have a little bit of progression or a little bit of like, hey, you can choose to upgrade these things in, in you know, a different order, fine. But the way it is, yeah, I think it's I think it's too much. Yeah, and I think that the same thing can be said with the weapons. Like, I... I capped out my weapons, a couple of them very early, kind of accidentally. Like I just mm. ran into an area and I had way more money than I thought I could ever use. That's not actually true, but at the time it was. And so I was like, well, I'll just buy the best of everything then. Mm-hmm. And I went from like a level one bow to the level three bow. I yep. was like, okay, cool. I don't know why the level two needs to exist. I like the, the, the parts of that that I was okay with was crafting again, kind of like a far cry system where like making your bag bigger and using yes. needing certain, you know, skins to meet like you hunt some boar and then you get the bigger boar satchel that lets you have more arrows or something. Right. Like, that's fine. And I think that I actually really like the fact that there were more weapons than you have weapon slots. There's like four weapon slots And there's like six or seven different kinds of weapons that you can use because I found myself getting into, I really like using these specific weapons. And I honestly, I don't think I ever even used the bomb launcher. Well, so that's what I was going to say. I was actually going to say the opposite thing is that I actually think that it might benefit more from just being a weapon wheel where you can just choose whatever you want simply because of that, because I fell into the same thing. So I, I like missed the bomb launcher somehow right. early. Um, like at the first hunting ground, for example, one, one of the hunts that you do is you're supposed to like shoot bombs, like behind creatures and it forces them to run. And then you can shoot barrels down that like fall off cliffs uh, onto them yep. or something. But I didn't have the bomb launcher. So I was trying to get them to run and then like get in front of them. And it was crazy. And then eventually I found the bomb launcher and I was like, oh, this is so much easier. (laughs) (laughs) The amount of times that happens to me in games where I'm like, I'll do something and it turns out I just don't have the equipment or whatever. I'm I'm missing like something that makes forcing the solution in. Yeah, and I'm just like, I suck at video games. Why can't I get this? <laughs> it's like because I mean, you do suck, but for a reason different. Right, than what it's, I thought. it's such a because I also <laughs> don't want it to like 
do the this will be a joke for maybe one person out there but like the mega man mega man did you know that you can shoot this guy like where it pauses gameplay that's an ego raptor reference but like pause gameplay to give you a tutorial when you first hit that point right like like it, when you first climb up underneath a ledge and it pauses the game and it's like tap x when you're beneath the ledge to drag them off and like that's horrible but i also get that like i don't want my tutorial to last four hours Right. And have go through all of those things. And then I don't want it to just not be a tutorial and only be 400 button combinations that I only ever figure out if I go into the rebind menu. Right. Like, yeah. Or the wiki, right? Yeah. Like or the, a wiki or something. Exactly. I mean, there's a, I've probably told this story before, but there's a, a friend, a mutual friend of ours. Um, and we had played Terraria for, I don't know, at least several months, if not a year or more. I mean, not right. straight, but it was Off not new to us. Right. Yeah. And uh, a buddy of mine was playing with me at my apartment and we had like, you know, our, our house was built in the sky and had crystals lining it all. And we had wings and I mean, it's, you know, somewhat advanced and we weren't at right. the very end, but we were pretty far in. And then our another friend shows up and looks at the screen and he was like, huh, I had no idea that it went down that far <laughs> and i had only gone left and right so far until i ran into enemies that were tough he had played for double digit hours i don't know exactly how long and had only like built a little wooden house in the starting biome because terraria does not explain to you what's no. possible you no. know so that's and like the opposite example in the same tutorial. in the same as like minecraft like right. you could theoretically, if you were not given the wiki, <laughs> never. And I think we've had this conversation too, which is never make the nether portal or never figure out how to uh, tame an animal or right. breed animals. Yep. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, where's the where's the line between how to how to structure a game? But I, I think that I don't know. I think overall, like it, there also weren't too many weapons either. Mm -hmm. There's not like a rocket, like any of the other guns were things that you sniped off of monsters. Those were cool for a time. And I was actually a pretty big fan of just the, the bow and arrow and the spear and like yeah. occasionally it, it, it getting the trip caster that, that shoots the lines or I use the rope caster a few times that like tethers things to the ground. When you get mm -hmm. to flying enemies that that gets difficult. But yeah, most of it was just learning to dodge roll and how monsters, you know, fought and when to go guns blazing and when to try to be sneaky. Like that was yeah. a lot of, you know, the combat of the game. But I think that also probably may have hindered my ability to enjoy it some because, yeah, there were some situations where I probably could have used the bomb launcher. <laughs> yeah, well, like the trip caster, I used a ton. Uh, I mean, if I'm fighting larger enemies, that's pretty much what I'm doing is like creating space, creating a trip line and then yep. trying to bait them to run through that <laughs> over and over again until they're dead or or disabled or whatever. And that's the thing is that, you know, even though I didn't finish it and by the end kind of had a burnout feeling, although now it's been long enough that I probably could go back again and, and yeah, enjoy but then it. you would start over. And... I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> I've learned that lesson and that game is not so complicated that I would need to really. Right. Um, but anyway, it's the, the combat in it is, is cool. And yeah. the, the variety of creatures is just astonishing. Like mm -hmm. 
when you first start, you see, I don't know, maybe five different types, we'll say. And so then I was thinking like, okay, so maybe there'll be like 10. I would guess there's well over 20. I mean, I, I haven't counted, but there's a lot. I mean, there's a fair number. There gets to be a few recolors later. Mm. And there's some spots, like there's a couple that are introduced in the DLC. Uh, I think the DLC introduces maybe three. There's a few enemies that you only see a couple of times and don't get the same kind of introduction to like how they work as a lot of the others. There's not like once the game opens up into the main world, though, there's not a huge. I would say maybe 20. Yeah, like it's not a ridiculous number of enemies, but it's also not insignificant either. Right. And I like that it spreads the game. I mean, when I had seen, you know, just knew about the game, but hadn't actually played it. I thought it was literally going to be dinosaurs and or just like aggressive stuff. But like we said, I mean, not only do you have like deer and antelope, but you get like horses and cows mm-hmm. and, or ox or I don't know if they're cows, but equivalent. something like that. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, just a lot of stuff that's not like a giraffe type thing. Oh, yeah. Just a that, lot of stuff that was... that's not like super threatening. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is cool. Well, and I like how some things can be kind of non-threatening until you, if, but if there's a whole bunch of them and you piss them off, then it can be a problem. Yeah. And like a stampede of the shock antelope guys can be really nasty if you're in the wrong spot when it happens. You know, I, I just, it's just no pun intended dawned on me. Um, <laughs> how, how influential and it's not just in horizon zero dawn but in in games at large how influential assassin's creed actually is like at oh, some point yeah. we're gonna have to do a deep dive on assassin's creed that'll be all you because my only experience is vr <laughs> mm. well like like so for example the the tall necks in horizon zero dawn mm-hmm. like super cool uh enormous robot dinosaur things yeah they're the robot giraffe with a radar dish for a head yes exactly and so it's kind of its own little mini game to like scale that thing and and figure out where you can get on it and then once you get on it you like stick your staff in its head and it unlocks a region of the of the map for you well that's just from assassin's creed like assassin's creed is you climb all over the map there are towers littered and you climb those and then you can get a bird's eye view and Mm -hmm. see and it unlocks a region of the map and again that's not i mean that's in the batman games that's in shadow far cry far cry primal had the falcon kind of thing that you could do which was also assassin's creed i recently just uh just got a nintendo switch actually and play breath been playing breath of the wild Mm -hmm. and that has that you climb towers and unlock regions of the map like it's it's just crazy the the how how mechanics like that will come from originate somewhere and then it's just like every game has it now yeah kind of colloquially accepted (laughs) in game language right i mean like rpg stuff is very obvious how that is just every game has i mean even sports games now are basically like rpgs if you play the the create a player mode or whatever um but yeah assassin's creed actually has a lot of a lot of long reaching tendrils into the world of gaming that I don't know if it gets enough credit or not, but I, I feel like it's dismissed in a lot of ways, rightfully so. But yeah, it does a lot. I mean, the climbing that you see in Horizon Zero Dawn as well, all of that originates there. Like, who knew climbing was what we were missing from open right. world? <laughs> well, and it, like, games. It, I actually think that the best climbing really is more, I think, 
hopefully more games will steal from uh the new switch zelda um mm. where you can climb just any surface instead yeah, yeah of that's breath of the wild or sorry breath of, yeah sorry that's what i meant breath of the wild i thought you were saying horizon zero dawn i yes i want that climbing to be the the default do not have the yellow like you can have the yellow markers to make things faster like there can be a yep. fast way or one that doesn't take up a bunch of stamina or something but just let me get over basically any surface like right yeah so um, one thing that yeah. i really want to give a bunch of so there's i have some qualms with horizon zero dawn but i definitely want to start with some of the amazing bits to it so one is that i actually really love the progression through the tutorial into kind of the starter zone and then into the full world mm. because the starter zone quote unquote is not an insignificant area and right. if you're playing casually you can easily sink five ten hours in there like it's a yeah. pretty large area and when the world opens up you realize how small it really was and i think that that moment is like an oh crap like holy cow moment because you've already experienced a lot of the game. You have a feel for where you think the game is going. And all of a sudden, the stakes are raised in a way that shakes the stall. Like the, the first time you fight the quote unquote demon, right? Like an actual futuristic looking robot that's not does not look like a critter. Right. And that's a ways after even the moment where like the, the camp gets attacked. You can still do a whole bunch of other things. Mm -hmm. But when you fight the demon and you crash through the gate, you actually go out. Then the world just cracks open. And it's that was like I said, I think I was probably five, 10 hours into the game by that point. And to be hit with something like that in not the not the, the like mid game, but far enough away from the tutorial and the start of the game that I felt comfortable. And then to have that kind of a core moment shake me up was really impressive to see. Yeah, it, it honestly, the, the, the thing that it makes me think of is um, in the first Mass Effect game, your, you know, your character is like a famous or not about famous, but uh, well credentialed soldier leader in whatever space army you're in and you, you you're on a ship and you're you can talk to people and you you eventually go on a quest or on a mission i said you should say it's a it's a sci-fi game so it's a it's a mission right. not a quest um, <laughs> but anyway you go you go on a mission and you're going with this what, there's an alien that's going along with you who's called a specter and it's like a special forces kind of CIA agent of the future, almost kind of thing, like a James Bond style kind of character. And, it, and there's like a reverence to that character from everyone else that you can interact with in the game. And then within a few hours, you get made a specter and you get your own ship. And now it's like, boom, go to the galaxy and solve problems. Right. And it's that same kind of feeling where, it's not in the first five minutes, so it's not just like immediately that. Right. But yeah, it definitely it's a it's a paradigm shift. The scope mm -hmm. of the game changes dramatically. But it's and also not so far into the game that you realize, oh, I'm just about to the end. So this is I only get to enjoy this for a couple of hours and then it's over. Right. It, it's the bulk of the game is, right. is in the larger expanded area. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I would agree with that. I would agree with that entirely. I think that. I think that it's like I said, also, I mean, just 
because beyond that, understanding just th that there's different civilizations and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like when I first was playing, I'm thinking that we are like the last bit of humanity or something in the world. Right. You know what I mean? And turns out not even close. Well, and I think that I also really hugely, which I know probably not as big a deal, but for me, the story was incredible mm. um, all the way through, especially learning like just what is going on mm -hmm. is really and like, OK, obvious for because for, you have the meta knowledge, right, as a player of a video game in modern 21st century times you know that the world has to have ended at some point mm -hmm. because there are robots, but we are using bows and arrows. Right. We're primitive, but the world's not. But the world is not. Right. But the way that story is told and plays out, while not 100% unique, I think the solution to the end of the world problem is where the uniqueness lies. So I'll tell you how, what I remember, and then you can yeah. kind of fill me in. Yeah, I'll fill in from, from there. there to the end of the game. <laughs> so I had come to understand that eventually mankind created machines to fight on their behalf. Mm -hmm. And eventually they created a machine that could consume biomass mm -hmm. to recreate new machines. Yep. That goes Skynet on everyone and since it's all biomass, it can just consume anything. Right. And I didn't actually get to the point where, and so there's like some, some lady scientist who is like Aloy's like ancestor or something. And she develops a solution to stop that, which I didn't actually get to the point where it okay. reveals what that is. Right. <laughs> Oh, hey, what's up, man? Is that uh, is that Indiana Jones that you're doing there? No, it's it's Star Wars. It's the Death March. Oh, right. Well, it's ominous sounding. So what's with that? Well, I mean, I was just imagining, you know, having to get in a character for when we have the corporate overlords that we'll submit to when we start selling out on ads. Oh, man. Yeah, it would be cool if there was some other way that we could fund the show. I mean, yeah, we we have a way, though. It's it's called ko-fi.com slash pod. It, people can just donate to Ko-Fi to help keep the podcast ad-free for the cost of about of a cup of coffee. Oh, well, that sounds way better. What mouth trumpet song would you play for that? Uh, I don't know. I don't have trumpet music for every situation, man. It's just kind of random. Oh, well, color me surprised. That's not a color. So that is the Zero Dawn Project. And... The Zero Dawn project is hailed as a weapon, a super weapon to destroy the machines, to mm. basically get all of the funding. And it gets dark because the and because you don't know this yet. All you it is is mostly touted as like it's a super weapon. It's going to destroy the machines. We're going to take things out. And as you get closer and closer to understanding going through these different facilities, you start meeting the like the getting lore for the scientists that are working on the zero dawn project. Mm -hmm. But to get that lore, like one of the centers, you go through kind of the initiation process. And like in the first room, you're told if you want to work on this project and you go th like, here's the first phase interview. And if you pass the first phase interview, you will be brought into a room 
And if you want the second phase interview before we even give that interview to you, there are two options. Uh, if you, you can leave at any time before the second interview, no questions asked. You're good. Goodbye. If you get the second phase interview, you will choose between working on the project or being imprisoned and then killed. And if you work on the project, we will secure you uh, a happy life and everything will be fine. <laughs> and otherwise, you will go to prison for three days, at which point you will have like 48 hours to decide if you want to work on the project or we just kill you. Hmm. And we'll sedate you and it'll be fine, but you, you'll be done. And so it's like, what what is hat like this? Just the intrigue like ramps up really heavily. And then it's revealed that it's not a super weapon. There's no way to stop the robots. Oh, the robots will destroy the entire planet and on a way faster timetable than the news is putting out there. Right. And that the hope is basically kind of a Fallout-esque scenario where they're going to take a whole bunch of genetic samples of as much stuff as they can, write like a bunch of AIs that can work with that genetic information, give them sentience so that they can essentially re-terraform the planet. And then if the planet is terraformed, then it can attempt to reintroduce life. So like they have to get like animal samples, people like not just like it first has to build a, a biosphere. And if the biosphere is good, then it'll breed people to re-inhabit the planet. And there will be like these servers that have all of the knowledge of human history. Like there's like all these different departments hmm. that are in charge of how do we, how do we get back to this level of, like technological advancement and not make the same mistake again. And there's like a counter program, which basically says if the terraforming doesn't go well, it will raise everything to the ground back to ground zero and let the, the mother AI essentially try again. Mm. Well, the same doofus that basically caused the problems in the first place at the very end where they're like locking better, basically locking up the people that finished the project nukes, the archive of human history and like essentially kind of may have like, there's still some holes, but the code for the thing that raises stuff to the ground is also kind of altered and a little busted. Mm. So there's like the mother AI and then she has like 12 or some odd number of subservient AIs that work for her to handle all these various complex tasks. And one of them, they basically all kind of go rogue. Mm. So everything gets broken, you know, from so the what, ground up. So is that, is, is this, is this, um, recreation of life AI, why there are like antelope yeah. robots? Cause I was like, it doesn't make sense because the antelope robots are not military. Right? No. Like, yeah. They, they are the terraforming robots. Okay. So if like when when you watch them, they all have a purpose. So like the scrappers go find like dead and destroyed robots and quote unquote feed on them. They harvest the materials back up and bring them back into the facilities to be like rebuilt or reconstituted. Mm. And then the antelope robots like dig up the earth and stuff and they're to essentially like help plant crops. Mm. And like, or to terraform the soil and reintroduce microbes to it. And like, 
So all of the animal-esque machines that aren't military robots all are supposed to be essentially terraforming robots of some kind. Mm. And so, yeah, they're all there to like try to bring the planet back to where they could bring plants back. And then if plants survive long enough, then they'll bring animals back. And if animals survive long enough, they'll bring people back. So did everyone die or? Yes. Okay. Basically. Um, the What happens though is that it gets to the point where people can come back. Uh, but the education archives don't exist. Mm. And what but there's like there's basically a whole like it's a whole bunch of catastrophic domino effect stuff that the game goes really in depth on but like essentially the kids have like a nursery area they bring a bunch of kids back and the ais can't figure out like part of them isn't allowed to graduate them because like the rest of the facility doesn't exist so the place where they're supposed to graduate after they're like five years old and go to kindergarten and school has nothing in it. It's it's mm. all just dead computers. And so the AI is like, well, I can't let them go there, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do anymore because the only surviving part was the motherly part, like how to raise them from being babies. Mm. And so eventually these kids start becoming adults and are like, weird. you keep telling us we get to go outside. You keep telling us we get to go to school. We don't know what any of this means. Yeah. And essentially kind of revolt and break out and they become the first settlers of Mm. the world and like that's where your tribe has kind of come from and Aloy herself is is actually just a straight up clone I like she the AI started seeing the like other AIs going more and more progressively rogue and and waking up the military AIs and using the terraforming stuff to essentially she like the mother AI realizes that the AI that wants to raise everything back to the ground thinks that everything is broken. And so it, it is just like, no, my job is to revert to zero. Mm. And so she's like on a timetable to stop reverting to zero happening. I see. And so that's why she's trying. She like essentially clones the scientist lady. Cause the scientist lady is the only person that can access a lot of the archives and files to hopefully stop this from happening. Mm, I see. And so that's where you, you are, you're essentially just a clone. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. See, that's, and that's cause I, so the part I got to is obviously from what you've just shared very early in yeah. the whole storyline still. And I'm getting, I'm like 25 hours in and right. that's where I got. <laughs> and while the game is great and it's cool, I don't know that for me, at least it's like a 70 hour thing. Yeah. Had I, think I just done more story exactly. faster. If like, if I was 25 hours of just doing story, I probably beat the game. <laughs> um, yeah. But, there's a good, I don't know. I didn't, I focused kind of on side quests in the beginning. So maybe I had like 15 hours to 20 hours before I really just decided no have to do story and only story mm-hmm. and like one or two side missions. If they either offered a really good reward or, Again, if my if I felt like the character would do that, right? Right. Like, it has to be a big enough deal to stop to go do. And uh, yeah, I think probably had between forty and sixty hours of solid gameplay. I think probably a good twenty to forty hour storyline, like for the main story. I mean, it, oh, basically, what happens? It, it's not exactly the same, um, but it's 
I, the problem originated in Grand Theft Auto 3 when mm-hmm. I could go steal a car and then run over someone in front of a cop and now I've got stars and let's see what mayhem ensues. Yep. And the same thing, it's not stars or, or that kind of thing, but like instead of fast traveling everywhere, I'll get a mount and mm-hmm. then ride across ride the map. and see what except, happens. Yeah, except then you end up getting in fights and so then I'm played for an hour or two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't I mean, not really done, done anything. anything. <laughs> yeah. right. I'm, I'm just running around killing random robots because I can or yep. something. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, on the other hand, I mean, you know, obviously play a game how you want to play a game or something. Right. But, I, but I feel like the game would be more rewarding with the story being a primary mm-hmm. element of it. Because it is, I mean, that is an interesting story. And it's not the same exact story we've heard over and over again. Right. Yeah. I think the, the big turning point is when they're like the reason that they have to kill you or you, you join them or you die for the special project is because the special project is a lie. It's not a weapon. Everybody's right. Dead. Like, and your yeah. reward, if you work on the project is just, you get to live out the rest of your life in a bunker. Right. Like, that's yeah, it. I mean, that's your reward. <laughs> so I got to the part where she is like telling him, that she has a solution, mm-hmm. but it hasn't been revealed yet. And right. then the, and the guy's like, that's horrible. Why would we do that? And she's like, there is no other option. And I was like, I guess they nuke the planet right. or something. Cause that's, that's the, that's the solution in all things. It's right. Like, eh, yep. If it's bad enough, nuke it. Nope. It's and essentially then... let the robots starve themselves to death. They'll pass out when they all pass out. We can then scavenge them with, with other robots right. and, and suck them all back up and not reactivate them and then spend a couple thousand years terraforming the planet. <laughs> that's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Just the scope, like just the scale of time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, and that's why like the buildings are so destroyed. Right. Everything is like way further. Cause of, like kind of a realistic timetable of just like, yeah, earth has reclaimed everything, but even, even that's not quite right. It's also explains. I think it's a really fun cop out way to explain why there's only like fox, pigs, rabbits, and right. like one breed of fish. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I hadn't even thought about that, but that's fair. Is it's because like, well, because they talk about losing a lot of animals. So mm. like we couldn't get the genetics for the birds of paradise or something like that. Like they couldn't capture them in time because South America was already pretty much done for. Are there dogs in the game? I feel like there's not dogs. There's not dogs. Yeah. Who didn't make sure that dogs were safe? Well, there's also, there's a, there are some spots because like, because it took so long to bring everything back up, like not all of the systems worked the way they were supposed to. Mm. And so like a lot of genetic material was lost. Whole areas of humanity were lost, like, like live zygotes and whatnot, because of the amount of time that it took to terraform and rate. Cause like the AI, when they made it, they had to make it self-learning because mm. they didn't have the time to teach it how to terraform a planet. Like they really didn't know, which is it's, why it has like a raise everything to the ground. Cause it's, you're going to have to have be punished and learn from your punishment, how to terraform the planet properly. You're just going right. to figure it out. Right. It's kind of like, it's, it's like a, 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 a less mythological take on Noah's Ark or something where it's like load mm-hmm. everything on the ship and then the ships get there. And it's like, yeah, only like three things survived. Like, like, <laughs> right. It's a whole boat, though. Like, yeah, we weren't ready for the boat. Yeah, most of it ate. They ate the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. 
but yeah so 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 visually it's very striking very very well done combat is 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 rewarding and 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 it's it's different because while you are using a bow and while you do have the spear which is kind of more standard melee the rest of the weapons are pretty non-traditional. I mean, I've never played mm. a game where I'm constantly setting tripwires right. to bait things through, you know? Um, and they have, like, kind of marksman mini-games. There's, like, canisters or weak points in all the enemies, mm. so if you can hit those, then that's, a, you know, much more efficient way to kill the stuff. So that's good. And then the story is pretty pretty compelling. So I, I, that, I think that's what we were talking about, I guess, the story. Mm. So where does it go? Where does it go wrong? There? I, uh... I don't get the, I didn't, I only occasionally got to enjoy the visual striking part of it, Oh, which I was really frustrated by because Um, it's not optimized for PC. I don't know. Or my video drivers, NVIDIA changes video drivers every other week. So, but I had even doing a lot like the solutions. I was not the only person with my problem and the solutions were, rebuild the entire shader file which takes like half an hour every Mm. couple of days i wanted to play right um i had not pop in issues i had pop out issues where when i would get close to like the whole time like when you go to the first uh like main city where you're like going to go do the trial Mm. and so that's the first time that you see more than just like a couple of huts and it's like you know it's the trial zone there's lots of people there it's a big party I get there and everything vanishes as I approach it. Wow. I can see it from a distance, but as I get close to it, it's gone. And like, wow. I can still walk into it, but I see mountains, but it's, it was, and it was whole, it was bad. And in conversations with people, I could, it would have a few seconds of like the lighting. You could see like depth in the skin, the, the paint on people's like fate war paint and stuff has like texture and varying color depth. And it's glorious. And then it just like, flips to like 720p and it's like <laughs> solid color stuff and like bit pieces in the background will like flicker between high def and low def textures wow like the whole game the whole game is like that so there was like a small tear to my eye when it's like i know how cool it can be and i don't get that in this conversation but it would be super high res for like the dumb side quest conversation talks but then when it gets to like the fmb type stuff it like derezes in chunks i'm like oh mm. oh yeah i didn't i didn't run into that on on the ps4 uh but obviously a console yeah. is a locked in hardware environment that you can you know account for in every way so well that's too bad yeah i hadn't even considered that maybe the port wasn't up to snuff um that does happen from time to time although honestly i've played a lot of games that came out on a console first now, I don't know if they lived on console quite as long as Horizon right. Zero Dawn did before the port, but but yeah, and had good success with you know with yeah, all the, the port, Assassin's Creed games are on the port PC. was essentially an HD remaster, mm. like really at that by the by, by the point in time where it came out, and like we we've talked, my computer is not a slouch, like it shouldn't really have had issues, and and the issues that I was having did not look like they were restricted to like my type of video card or anything. It was kind of a generic ish. Now, not everybody had it, uh, but it didn't seem like anybody had a solution for why the people that were having it were having it. So that's, that's one of the most frustrating things that can happen. Like as much as I love PC gaming, obviously, I mean, that's Mm -hmm. almost all we talk about. Um, 
running into a problem like I had it with Call of Duty Warzone. Now it turned out in that example that I just had a failing hard drive that wasn't otherwise obvious to me. But when I'm Googling trying to solve the problem in a software way, which again was not possible, Mm -hmm. there's tons of people reporting the exact same symptoms I'm having and reporting fixes for it again through software. And man, you can just rabbit hole for hours trying to to do that. And that's why like I tried the rebuild like one time and like for a while, if I started the game, exited full screen mode, switched my resolution, turned everything to minimum and then turned everything back up to max and then re-exit or entered full screen mode out of windowed, then it could work for a few hours. <laughs> right. And like, it's just, and it wasn't so like, I, I probably a little hard. It wasn't as bad as I'm describing. It's not like little squares all over the screen that are going high res to low res, but it would, it would no. change in mid conversation. The yeah. textures would like reload. And I mean, yeah. that's that kind it's not the, it's not unique to PC to a port or something, but I mean, that's, that kind of experience is largely what killed Mass Effect Andromeda, right? right? Because people, there's like the faces are bugging out and stuff while you're mid conversation, and it's like it just kind of breaks the immersion on this. Mm-hmm. And it's not 2001 where right. this right. was understandable because 3D gaming was new, right? Mm-hmm. Like we've been at this for a while now, folks. Yeah. <laughs> so Luckily, all of the fully animated, like movie like fmv style portions were great and glorious Mm. and beautiful and it's a it it didn't completely ruin my experience but if i wasn't so latched onto the story it might have right like it was close and and probably part of the reason why i was a little easier letting go of some of the side quests is like i just don't want to talk to people (laughs) because that breaks my immersion yeah yeah well and you know uh, something else i've also thought of it i mean obviously as the player i can choose to just try and emphasize the, the main story in open world games. And then if I like it, then do side content because mm-hmm. I want to be in that world more. Um, I still blame Fable because Fable hurt me a long time ago because <laughs> I, I did that with that. I was like, oh, well, I'll just finish the main story because it's the story. And then that's it. You can't do any of the side quests after right. that. And so I was like, never again. But I have to let do I have to do go. all of the side quests now. Right. But I also think that having everything on the map and again, like for some of the treasure stuff, yes, I bought maps to reveal right. them, but it shows everything else by default. Yep. I think that actually hurts the experience. And I get why as a developer they do it because it's like, well, we want people to know where stuff is. And if people mm-hmm. want to, find the content why hide it from them right and and again i haven't actually played enough of it to to talk about it at length but like breath of the wild is another open world runaround game and there's almost nothing on the map now you can make stamps and you can mark stuff on the map but so in that when i'm running around and i'm stumbling into quote unquote side quest or non-main mission stuff it's because i encountered it on my journey yeah and so it's a lot more natural as opposed to oh there's a bandit camp over there well i guess i'll go clear that and then now i travel over to clear the bandit camp that has nothing to do with the main story and isn't involved isn't part of my natural journey where i just discovered it you know yeah i think there's i think there's a place where video games wish that they could involve more of that stuff like and what i what i mean by that is i get the sense that like 
a lot of developers would love that when you rescue a bandit camp or something, a la kind of Fallout 4, where like you can then have a settlement and develop it and it interacts, it does interact with the story. Mm-hmm. And like if you have enough people, then you have an army you can raise for the final mission or something, right? But there's, we are not at a level where coding that is feasible in any significant sense of the way. And it's like, yeah. Well, and beyond, even beyond, it's feasibility. I think also when get when developers try and do too many genres or cram too much in the overall quality s- suffers because they weren't able to just do what they were good at or, or just do the part of it that was excellent. And instead right. there's this tacked on stuff. I mean, a, you know, a decade ago, every game had to have multiplayer like mm-hmm. that became once the consoles like PlayStation network and Xbox live became really, really prevalent. It was like, well, if you're going to make a game, how does it, what's the multiplayer? And so then you have multiplayer for games that do not benefit from having it. Like, it's terrible, but you can't help. I mean, time and money are are limited resources. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I know that if you made (laughs) this multiplayer component that sucks, you didn't then get to to focus that time and money on this other thing, right? Right. The, The better part of the game. And I think it's to some extent the same kind of like we were talking about in this. I think there's definitely some fat that can be trimmed from Horizon Zero Dawn that would not diminish the game at all. And in fact, would help make it a little more buttoned up experience that would would feel a little better. Instead of the hunting grounds being extra content, that could easily have just been your advanced tutorials. Right. And then... You can go to them if you want to learn how to do these things and completing all because I like I never unlocked the hunting lodge, which actually really isn't that hard to unlock. I just was like by the time that I got to the first hunting ground, I was already halfway through the game before I ever visited. So I went to the hunting lodge and and then that's its own. Oh, is it? (laughs) Yeah, there's and I was like. Oh man, now I'm never going to beat the game. Like, <laughs> I'm glad hell? I didn't make it there. Because yeah, it's not hard to get enough suns or stars or whatever right. to get in there. But I was just like, nah, good. I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah, well, and the truth is, is that the hunting lodge doesn't result in me being able to share really cool, unique lore. Right. And the main story does, right? So again, I think it's definitely a thing where it's like, if you want to be in that world more, after you've beat the main story, then that's probably the better way to approach it. And again, obviously, this is all entirely subjective. Anyone can play however they right. want, whatever they think is fun. But I think for me, that's probably where it lands in a better a better spot. So the DLC is a little bit more of the same. Um, it, it expands the storyline just before the final encounter. So like after you beat the game, it basically resets the open world to just before the final fight whatever Mm. and you get it you unlock new game plus which surprisingly allows you i i was very tempted i almost started up a new game plus because it lets you keep your equipment and your skills yeah and i was like so max out my level get all the skills unlocked then try new game plus with just all the all the right gear and but i was i yeah i was done with the game at that point so i was like no gonna do the dlc it expands the storyline in a minor way um, well, not even a medium way, because now there's there's room to talk about all of the other AI subsystems, right? Mm-hmm. 
and introducing how those work and what types of pieces may have gone rogue and how and who and what. So like, and one of the other characters, Silas, the, the, the voice in your ear guy, Mm -hmm. um, crap, I forgot who voices him, but he was in fringe like, and, and his character model looks like exactly like him. I love it. (laughs) I I'm going to look it up, but I'm pretty sure that that guy is in, uh, enormous amount of stuff um oh no turns out silas is a character name in more than one video game uh, <laughs> i thought i was like that's not who i was thinking of and then silas apparently is also in fire emblem and is a popular uh, well, character. fire emblem has like eight thousand main <laughs> characters so that's right, not very fair to say that that just means that if your name is in fire emblem it's also just in a like baby name generator somewhere on the planet (laughs) right 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 okay uh well it's not who i thought it was either so yeah fair enough fair enough Um, but i recognized his voice immediately and when he finally shows up on screen i was like and he looks just like him like what (laughs) (laughs) that's funny yeah um yeah i i i I I obviously had that character in the ear, but didn't really fully flesh out who he was or why he right. was, you know, involved. Really. Well, and his story, actually, that's basically the DLC is largely his story and another story. Mm. So, it, like, it ties together two or three things, like his story, his tribe, which isn't in the main game, like where he comes from or why he looks the way he does or any of these things, kind of fleshes all that out some, and then it still doesn't really make the ending any better uh but it's 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 a decent like the it's more gameplay a, a new weapon uh, a couple few new items and some new monsters to fight plus a storyline and yeah it was it was pretty solid i enjoyed it and some a bunch more side quests one of them i did kind of by accident i i was really in well i was interested in what the side quest was going to be and i'd already beaten the main game so i was like dlc side quests i can do and it just ended up being really annoying for no payoff. Okay. <laughs> so I I did I did find so so it's actually Silence is apparently. Oh, that's his name, right. Silence. Silence. Yep. Um, and that is the guy who I thought it was. So his name is Lance Reddick. Uh he okay. he was also in The Wire, which is like oh, one yeah. of the most critically acclaimed TV shows of all time. He's one of the main NPCs in Destiny 2. Okay. Uh, like He's all over the place in game. I knew him from Fringe. Yeah, like, yeah. That is 100% like. He's in John Wick for anyone that hasn't, that's not familiar with who we talked about so far. He's the guy who uh, runs the front desk at the hotel in John Wick, if, if you've ever seen that. Um, yeah, that's crazy how, <laughs> it's crazy how widespread that guy is. But right. he does have, he honestly has a very distinct look, but he also, his voice is uh, yeah, a very, very unique rich. voice. It is a rich voice. <laughs> right. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, hmm. Anyway, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, anything else you, I guess you wanted to, to hit on? I mean, I'm, all? yeah, I'm, there's, there were a few emergent gameplay stories. Like, mm. I think a lot of people, which I, I, and now it's been long enough that I forgot what they were. Um, but I think a lot of people think that emergent gameplay can only really happen largely in like a sandbox style game Mm. where there's enough chaos and enough randomness to allow for something wild to happen. But I think that there is a, 
a, like a, a, an amount of allowing things to happen. Again, this is so like this is a coded example, but I think it still was really interesting where the AI of the game is actually really well done. And like a big point of the game is hiding in the grass to ambush machines, right? Because mm-hmm. they can't see you. Turns out like the bandits, if they get close to you and you haven't spotted them and started attacking them, will go hide in grass next mm. to the like pathways. It's not like they spawned there. Like they went and hid in the grass and yeah, you can't see them. And they'll jump out and try to do the things that you do to the the robots to, to you. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And then I had a I had a moment where there's like these giant, huge mole worm rock spewing mega monsters, right? And there's like two of them that I have triggered, and that I think I was able to lure like a herd of other machines to stampede at them. And they couldn't cross a river. So I like got on the other side of the river and hid behind a mountain as this stampede and like caused a stampede to come down. And I just sat there and watched as like 20, 30 robot things all fought each other. That's and then was awesome. able to pick off that. Yeah. Then I was just like, I'll shoot a few arrows and take out whatever's left here. And then right. just, yeah, I'm going to scavenge this area for 30 minutes. Like. Yeah, I think my favorite version of of something like that, um, which it wasn't quite that cool, but it was just simply like I found one of the giant crocodile mm-hmm. robots um, and I was able to sneak up to it and, and jam my staff into it to take it over or right. whatever. Um, but then there's several others in the immediate vicinity. So I turn it turn it to my side and then it just goes ham and just starts <laughs> just fighting everything. That was the other thing that I did not do for 90% of the game is like you go to that first actually no I don't even think I did you get the this the ability to, on your staff thing and then I saw in the skill tree all of these like yeah they fight longer for you and longer and longer I don't think I went to the first place where you get the ability to turn like watchers mm-hmm. on your side for yeah I think about like 80% of the game <laughs> and then I was like oh yeah what was this quest and I went and did it and was like, oh, well, that would have been really freaking handy. And then there's like, yeah, there's like 12 of these on the map. And each one gives you a few monsters that you can take over. I'm right. like, you could take over the crocodiles. Like, yeah. okay, I was there's the arrow that you can use to, like, cause confusion, but they don't turn to your side. Right. And yeah, so I just missed out on all of that. So were like, you not like, mounting or anything then? So I because you get the ability to mount the cow thing like right out the gate. Okay. Or maybe there's the first one that you go and do, and I just forgot that they existed after that. Right. But yeah, I had the mount. Um, but I was like, yeah, it's. I just don't know. At some point, it says like I have skill trees for this, but I don't know how to get it or do it. And that was yeah. That was the other thing that bugged me is a quest wouldn't. This was with all of them. Anytime I got like a new weapon or a new ammo type or something, there's like a shoot three tanks off the back of this thing with this arrow. Right. And I was like, I've done that. I've done that a lot. But if you don't do it with the quest active, it would not fulfill the quest. Yep. Yep. And like, and I was just like, well, I've already done this a whole bunch. And then I would switch it to active and I would do it a couple times. But then I would like, okay, well, I need to know where I need to go next. So I like switch that to my main. And then I was like, oh, it'll just complete. No, it won't. It'll stay two out of three as an uncompleted quest for the entire game. 
And yeah. I had the I had the exact same experience where I was like, I know I've been doing whatever that objective is because that's how I use the weapon. And then yeah, right. it turned out didn't have the quest active. Yeah, I don't remember what MMO it was. Hey, hour 10. Wow. Um, <laughs> but um, there was some MMO that I played at one point where, you know, because the classic MMO trope is like you go to the NPC and he's like, please go kill 10 bears in the woods or whatever. Mm -hmm. But a, a point of frustration is maybe you already went into those woods and killed 10 bears or 30 bears. And now you have to go back and do 10 because he asked you to. One of the MMOs I played actually tracked that and was aware of that so you could go kill the 30 bears and then discover the npc and then just complete the quest because you've already oh, nice. done what he needed and i was like where is that and yeah right? this is like the opposite of this that, is, yeah this where... is the exact opposite which <laughs> yeah, it made me manage mad. what quest is active is a dumb no yeah thing. i don't know where that especially for tutorial quests like <laughs> right like oh yeah i read it i realized that was a thing that i could do and that's the only thing that this arrow is made for and I've done it plenty. I'm sure there are more avid gamers, but uh, we've had this show for two years now. Right. So go check Even if we started gaming in the beginning of this show, exactly. we'd still be. <laughs> and I'm telling you, that's not a common mechanic where you have yeah, to right. select what quest is active, especially to your point for those types of quests. It's not like a quest that involves dialogue even. Mm -hmm. It's literally just shoot three things with the bow and now you if i need yeah. to gain five thousand gold to buy that weapon but that quest isn't active every time i'm gaining gold for the weapon and i have ten thousand gold but i can't buy the weapon for five thousand because i didn't collect that gold when that quest was active yeah go get off step off right. <laughs> we're done mm -hmm. yeah yeah exactly so, but no i think overall like i don't know we don't do ratings so another arbitrary rating system Another arbitrary <laughs> rating system. 49 out of 50. I don't know. It's good. <laughs> 49 out of 50. I give it I give it uh 90% human eradication in uh in apocalyptic human eradication event. I'm gonna that go is, with I'm gonna give it a 33 out of 37 is okay. where I'm gonna yeah, go with that's, it. I like yeah. that. That's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, but 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 in but in all in all earnestness, uh, I mean, why do you think it matters? What what was what was the big takeaway from it? That's like this is why this was this resonated. I mean, I think there are a lot of things that were done phenomenally well. I think that the the game was very heavily polished. I think being able to use a really overused trope and still make it surprising was huge um and in multiple places you for a long while i think the amount of novel moments per hour of gameplay were significant because like robot dinosaurs not completely not underdone uh but not something that's done enough so not like an overused trope too terribly at least in modern gaming so that was refreshing but then turn that on its head and oh yeah there are still military machines here too though Mm -hmm. And like that was a like, holy crap, this thing is fast and dangerous and does not eat grass <laughs> right. and does not have weak points very much like they're really small. And right. Is, and like that was a huge deal. And then later on, there's more and more different types of those. That was huge. The expansion between the starter zone and the rest of the world, the the way the story drip feeds you enough to keep you interested while still having several and like even I did not completely spoil the story. 
there mm-hmm. are at least three or four other big twists that occur that I that I didn't touch on. And like nice. the fact that I can talk through the essentially the whole story and still not give away the whole story, I think is a real credit to the the writing of the game. I think it was really good. I think the only thing that hampers the writing of the game is the side quests. And you know, that's that happens. It's okay. Um but I, I do think it could be, you know, like we said, there's some fat that could be trimmed. But I think overall, it, it was really well done. I think most things were executed really well. And my frustrations are pretty minor with it outside of the, the graphic stuff. But yeah, I think yeah. that it, it matters because I haven't got like the fact that that game was out for I well over five years before I got to touch it. And it was still an incredible experience that I hadn't either a spoiled for myself. I wanted to play the game enough that I didn't watch a video playthrough. It was like one of the few games like I watched. I like I've mentioned I beat or I I have not beaten Legacy of the Void. Don't own Legacy of the Void. Watched like a four hour video of somebody playing through the entire thing. Did not do that for Horizon Zero Dawn. Like for me to not watch trailers, not look at at news articles, not read anything about the new game under development. Cause I don't want to know if they have, you know, talk about the end mm-hmm. and then go through and play through the entire thing over the course of like three or four weeks and just love every minute of it. It was, it was a great experience. Uh, I would like to invite people to uh, take note that you had, you personally had graphical issues, mm-hmm. uh, which were, in some ways not insignificant graphic yeah immersion issues. breaking right yep however you still have the presence of mind of the capacity to recognize that while that was your personal experience with the pc port that the game is still a beautifully made game mm-hmm. and has a very high level of polish i feel like there people are so quick i mean i see steam reviews all the time where someone will say will give a game a negative review and then their answer is they couldn't get the game to launch. I, I get why that's frustrating and I yeah. don't think they should give it a positive review because of that. But do you really think that the game just doesn't launch? Like, period? Like, right. And nobody board, else no can launch it? it? Yeah. Right. That's that's crazy. Well, and like most of my graphical things were only when I was in like conversations with people is where it happened the most. Most of the rest of the gameplay, like combat and stuff was fairly high def. It was sure. in cities. And where there's too many objects on the screen or too much to render, it would get a little weird sometimes. Later in the game didn't happen as much, but it still did happen in every like conversations happened more for the main story. So it happened there a lot, which really kind of irked me. But yeah, that doesn't. It was on my computer. They're probably if I invested enough time, I probably could have fixed it. And I, but that didn't mean that it, the gameplay itself was broken because of that like yeah yeah no and again i just i just i i I just (laughs) i just wanted to to point out that like hey someone had a less than perfect experience and it didn't equal this game as a burning bile of garbage which is right yeah so many people go to um so i just uh, just just appreciated that bit of nuance there and wanted to point that out well thank you um but yeah well horizon zero dawn you can get on ps4 or pc so uh get out there and pick it up if you haven't checked it out yet So that's all for our episode today. If you like this episode, consider buying us a cup of coffee at our Ko-Fi page, which is ko-fi.com slash P-U-Y-S pod. Or just tell a friend about us because word of mouth really does make a difference.
All of the links and our social accounts are available down in the show notes. And if you want to hear more content from either of us, Walker hosts The Walk Show, which talks about the walk of life while interviewing various guests, as well as the Crowfall podcast, sharing stories and perspectives about the MMO of the same name. And then there's my podcast, which is Dungeons and Dinners, where the love of fantasy is food for thought. Thank you.